Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today is May 23rd, 2022. And our first story, Joe Biden says the U.S. will intervene with military forces if China invades Taiwan in a shocking statement that the AP calls forceful and Bloomberg calls misspeaking because no one knows what the president means. But this would be a strong departure from the U.S. one China policy on ambiguity, basically saying we're going to intervene. China, of course, is not happy because they say Taiwan is a part of their territory. And this is escalating tensions, causing World War Three to trend on Twitter. In our next story, Donald Trump is under fire for retruthing, which is basically retweeting, someone who said the words civil war. Of course, left-wing outlets and personalities are saying he's calling for civil war. He's not, but of course, people are angry. In our last story, Belgium has declared mandatory monkeypox quarantine, and the UK is suggesting those who are vulnerable isolate. It may be beginning. Perhaps we will see more lockdowns or an excuse as to why we need to loosen voter integrity provisions. If you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars. Now, let's get into that first story. In what may be one of the most bold declarations we've seen by a president in a long time or a psychotic gaffe, Joe Biden has vowed that U.S. would intervene with military to defend Taiwan should China invade. Now, this is a bold statement by a president, assuming he has the cognitive faculties to make such a clear-minded claim. He is effectively breaking with longstanding U.S. policy that we acknowledge China's claim over Taiwan, but keep things a bit ambiguous. We do provide military support in the sense of, you know, funding and things like that, but not necessarily to directly intervene with U.S. forces. Now, China is not too happy with the U.S. basically saying that we would intervene to stop them because they view Taiwan as a part of China. Joe Biden saying this is either him saying, you know what, we're going to stand up to China and tell them no. Considering the White House is already walking back his claim, I'm going to go with this was a psychotic gaffe. And what I mean by psychotic is I don't mean that Joe Biden is psychotic. I mean that it's a gaffe so disastrous that anyone who would allow this man to speak publicly on these matters is psychotic. I don't know if this means World War Three, but that's what's trending on Twitter. People are saying, are we going to have World War Three now? Because look, the, the issue with Taiwan and China is not the same as Ukraine and Russia, similar in many ways, perhaps potentially worse. We're dealing with a China, uh, with a Chinese Communist Party that is putting pressure on so many different countries like Vietnam, for instance, and Japan, South Korea. They're making claims to the South China Sea, and the U.S. is sending strike groups, aircraft carriers in the area. Plus, there's something called the Quad, which is an agreement essentially between four different nations. I think it's what is Australia, Japan, the U.S., and India. I could be wrong about that. Uh, we, We can pull that up. 
But basically, Australia and the U.S. are growing concerned about the expansive Chinese military presence in the Pacific Ocean. There is a real fear that World War III could start, and Taiwan has a lot to do with it. In the past, we saw that the U.S. government was shifting the purchasing of missiles from desert warfare to ocean theater, as some call it. Basically, the U.S. is getting ready for some kind of naval battle, at least based on what they're purchasing. Now, this could be misdirection. It could be saber rattling, or it could just be run of the mill orders where they're like, well, that's what makes the most sense, right? We're not going to go to war in the Middle East. We're pulling our troops out. Probably should shore up our naval forces. Now, at a time when a president is at a time when war is, is, is breaking out in Eastern Europe, when there is a real fear of a nuclear war with Russia, the last thing we need is an absent minded president who can't think straight. And all of this is happening amid conversations about civil war, World War Three, food shortages, fuel shortages. And yes, it's Joe Biden. Civil war is on the con- in, in the conversation because of something retruthed by Donald Trump. That's like retweeted, but on Truth Social. Someone said civil war and now the media's lost their mind over it. I did a segment on it earlier. You may hear it in a little bit. But the argument here is if there are people who would blindly march behind Joe Biden, even at his worst, then we are hopeless because either he stumbles us into World War Three or a civil war. Perhaps he is our Buchanan, a feckless and weak president who has no grasp of foreign or domestic issues. There are many people already posting memes saying the president is not at fault for gas prices. He is. I mean, he is. He's not at fault for literally every circumstance around the world. But at a certain point, the president sets policy and it's now causing a food shortage, a fuel shortage. This is destabilizing the U.S. So you know what? We'll take a step back. Maybe it's all intentional. I don't know. Maybe it's all on purpose. The reality is that if the U.S. completely destabilizes and erupts into internal conflict, there wouldn't be a war with China now, would there? The U.S. would not be able to intervene with the military to defend Taiwan if it's too busy fighting itself. Maybe that's ultimately the goal of China. Perhaps that's why they exacerbate culture war tensions. But let's read this first story before we get started. Head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support our work. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive members-only segments of the TimCast IRL podcast Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. You'll be supporting our journalists. We're trying to hire a couple more. We've been hiring some column writers as well as new journalists. And you're also supporting infrastructure because we use Rumble infrastructure, which is an alternative in the market to big tech, Silicon Valley, etc. Supporting that means we can create an alternate ecosystem away from all of these big Silicon Valley tech oligarchs. And that competition, at the very least, will put pressure on them and say, we can leave if we want to. If you want to support businesses who are doing that, go to TimCast.com, sign up. But don't forget to also smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Let's read the story from the Associated Press. They report, President Joe Biden said Monday the U.S. would intervene militarily if China were to invade Taiwan, declaring the commitment to protect the island is even stronger after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It was one of the most forceful presidential statements in support of Taiwan self-governing in decades. Biden at a news conference in Tokyo said yes when asked if he was willing to get involved militarily to defend Taiwan if China invaded. That's the commitment we made, he added. The U.S. traditionally has avoided making such an explicit security guarantee to Taiwan, with which it no longer has a mutual defense treaty. Instead, 
maintaining a policy of strategic ambiguity about how far it would be willing to go. The 1979 Taiwan Relations Act, which has governed U.S. relations with the island, does not require the U.S. to step in militarily if China invades, but makes it America, American policy to ensure Taiwan has the resources to defend itself and to prevent any unilateral change of status by Beijing. A White House official said Biden's comments did not reflect a policy shift for the United States. However, his words drew a sharp response from mainland China which has claimed Taiwan to be a rogue province. Chinese foreign ministry spokesperson Wang Wenbin expressed strong dissatisfaction and resolute opposition to Biden's comments. China has no room for compromise or concessions on issues involving China's core interests, such as sovereignty and territorial integrity. He added, China will take firm action to safeguard its sovereignty and security interests, and we will do what we say. Speaking alongside Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida, Biden said any effort by China to use force against Taiwan would just not be appropriate, adding that it would dislocate the entire region and be another action similar to what happened in Ukraine. Now, now hold on there a minute. I like this story here from The Guardian. Biden's Taiwan vow creates confusion, not clarity, and raises China tensions. Okay. Let's pause for a second. Is this a forceful statement from a president or is this a misstatement? I don't know, because while the AP says it's the most forceful statement from a U.S. president, it is it was one of the most forceful statements from a president in Taiwan self-governing in decades. Or according to Bloomberg, Biden misspeaks on Taiwan, says U.S. military would intervene. Oh, Jennifer Jacobs, he misspoke. I didn't realize. I did not realize. Y'all, we're doomed. <laughs> I don't know if um, when I say we're doomed, I don't mean like the, it's going to be the end of all human life or anything like that. I'm not saying a meteor is going to slam into the earth and wipe out life as we know it. I'm just saying there probably won't be a war with China because this country, the United States, is becoming just a, a, a parody of its former self in so many ways. Which is it? Bloomberg, did Biden misspeak or AP? Did Biden issue a forceful statement? It's remarkable how this story, I mean, both are opinions. They're both opinions, not facts. Fact, Joe Biden said the U.S. military would intervene, abandoning the longstanding one China policy, making a firm statement. That's all that happened. But the dude is so whacked out of his mind that Bloomberg assumes he must have misspoken. Is it, uh, I don't even know what to say to this. Is this where we are? Is this how we have to entertain global like geopolitics? That the president can say something and, and we don't know if he's being forceful or stupid. The fact that the U.S. had to walk this back says to me, in all likelihood, Joe Biden gaffed. And his gaffe is stumbling us into major conflict. From TimCast.com, White House rushes. They say uh, Biden says U.S. would militarily intervene to defend Taiwan. White House rushes to walk it back. Who am I supposed to trust? A White House official or Biden himself? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. reports the U.S. does not currently have a mutual defense treaty with Taiwan. The 1979 Taiwan Relations Act, which has governed U.S. relations with the island, does not require the U.S. to step in militarily to defend Taiwan if China invades, but makes it American policy to ensure Taiwan has the resources to defend itself and prevent any unilateral changes. So we read this a moment ago. CNN's John Berman noted during Monday's episode of New Day that the U.S. generally has a policy of strategic ambiguity. The comments this morning seem a little less ambiguous, Berman said. As to whether they were strategic, CNN has learned the president's comments caught his top aides off guard. They are already issuing some clarifications this morning. Beijing issued a response a short time ago as well. The network's White House reporter Kevin Liptak says, after Biden says yes to the U.S. willing to be involved militarily, a White House official says, quote, as the president said, our policy has not changed. He reiterated our one China policy and our commitment to peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait. He also reiterated our commitment under the Taiwan Relations Act to provide Taiwan with the military means to defend itself. China will take, you know, actions. We saw this. The situation appeared very similar to a pair of incidents in March where Biden appeared to call for regime change in Russia and appeared to announce that troops were being sent to Ukraine only to have his comments quickly walked back by the White House. Heavens, we actually saw this story on March 26th. Biden calls for regime change in Russia. Then White House claims he didn't mean what he said again. I'm losing it, yo. I am ready to snap. I am ready to slap this microphone. If the president can't say something without some random unnamed individual coming out and being like, nope, then then is he really leading us at all? The man has no ideas. Everything seems to be falling apart. Well, here's what I can tell you from Politico. U.S. quietly urging Taiwan to follow Ukraine playbook for countering China. Yet Beijing is also learning lessons from Russia's botched invasion from May 19th. So it would seem the U.S. very much does want Taiwan to remain independent. One of the biggest fears is that Taiwan is where all of our silicon computer chips are being made. The U.S. is desperately trying to launch manufacturing plants here in the uh, continental United States so that we can supply ourselves with computer chips in the event Taiwan does fall. But it seems like we are concerned about it. Here's what I think happened. I think the problem of Joe Biden is that he is just mentally deficient. He's an old man who can't think straight. I think the U.S. will get involved militarily if China invades Taiwan. But I think they just don't want to blurt it out loud. Not that I think it matters. Think about what's going on with Russia and Ukraine, right? We're on the verge of nuclear war. Vladimir Putin is supposedly dying. I mean, maybe, maybe not. But here's a man with a stockpile of nukes who does not want to see NATO and Western forces expand in the region. If he really is dying, I mean, then he's a madman with nuclear bombs. Like he's on the way out and he's like, I ain't going to let it happen. Would he fire a nuke? I believe it's possible. I don't think he's going to nuke New York or D.C. No, I think, you know, we had a conversation with Jerry Bo- Jeremy Boring of uh, the Daily Wire. And it seems like 
there's a possibility of a smaller yield, maybe a hundred kiloton bomb as a strategic strike on Ukrainian forces to destabilize the country and then sweep in, cause mass abandonment and things like that. The U.S. with 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 Joe Biden unable to properly address the ongoing crises, unable to accurately provide messaging. It really does seem like everything is just slowly unraveling because the issue isn't just the potential for World War Three, the potential for war with China, the potential for war with Russia. It seems like we are inching we are inching dangerously close to Pacific warfare. We're actively involved in Eastern European warfare. We've got a food crisis, baby formula being imported. The market has now been dropping substantially, and there's going to be reports of recession or stagflation, which will likely just make the markets worse off. And then maybe everything just goes belly up. I don't know what that means in the long run. Belly up in the sense that uh, I hope you're prepared to be more responsible for your own food consumption and water sourcing. Maybe war breaks out. I think there's a strong possibility that in the event of an actual war, the economy might actually improve. You see, here in the U.S., we've outsourced so much of our manufacturing to places like China that if war were to actually break out with China, there would immediately be insane demand. Now, there's no telling how long it would take to actually build a supply chain, but we don't make our own medicines. We don't make our own masks. So when COVID happened, we were dependent upon China. Let's say we actually go to war with China. I'm not saying it'll be good. The economy will probably get bad, but there will be something interesting happening in that many people in this country will all of a sudden find jobs. There will be a lot more jobs. They'll pay a lot better. The government will be forced to uh, remove restrictions. The economy might actually grow because of it. But let's take a look at what's actually going on with the potential for war. In this story from WION News, leaked video shows Chinese commanders discussing Taiwan invasion plan. There's a real potential for war. Perhaps what will happen is that China is preparing to take some action on uh, Taiwan. We've heard that one thing they've been doing, they've been shoring up their financial defenses, making sure that they won't be as susceptible to financial manipulation the way Russia was, sanctions, as it were, because they may actually be, be preparing for some very serious warfare. In this story from Barron's, they say China is telegraphing its military intent. Time to listen. A military exercise in the manner it plans to fight. This was true. Uh, what does it say? Uh, a military exercises in the manner it plans to fight. This was true for Russia before the February 24th invasion of Ukraine. True of the U.S. before the 03 invasion of Iraq. And it's true of China today. A missile test range, the People's Liberation Army, is using in Western China demonstrates its combat intentions towards Taiwan. The U.S. should reckon, should reckon for this and other information on PLA force posture in its military planning. So right here, instability potential, the possibility that we go to war with Taiwan. Now, Joe Biden said it again. I think Joe Biden may actually just be telling the truth, but his brain so broken doesn't realize he's not supposed to say it out loud. In the story from the Daily Mail. Putin survived assassination attempt two months ago, Ukraine's intelligence chief claims. Kirillo Budinov, the head of the chief intelligence directorate of Ukraine's military defense, said there was an attempt to kill the Russian president. Local media claims Budinov said assassination attempt was two months ago. Putin is said to be fearful of an assassination attempt against him 
since his decision to invade Ukraine. Well, of course, that's the case. One of the easiest ways to end a war is to go after their leaders. But what do you think Vladimir Putin would do? What do you think he's going to do now? One thing we've heard is the potential for nuclear war exists only if Russia's existence is threatened. Do you think Vladimir Putin's going to sit back and be like, well, if I die, Russia will be fine? Or do you think Vladimir Putin's going to say something like, if they try to kill me or succeed, Russia will not survive? Best use the most powerful weapons we have. I don't know where it's all heading, man. Can't see the future. Can't issue uh, strong predictions other than here's what may be. I can only say, here's what is happening. And what's happening is that I think Joe Biden as a leader has doomed us in many ways. The Guardian reports, the food crisis is what happens when global chains collapse. We might need to get used to it. Maybe, maybe. When speaking about gas prices, Joe Biden said that we're going through an incredible transition. Gas prices reach another record high at $4.60 a gallon. After Biden claimed U.S. is going through an incredible transition at the pump and as White House now plans to tap into energy, I'm sorry, emergency diesel reserves. Yeah, they're saying there's going to be a um, diesel shortage. So let's talk about where we're at. Just real quick recap, maybe Civil War, maybe World War Three, maybe none of those things. Or maybe we just starve. Maybe there can't be a civil war if everyone's starving. There certainly can be a revolution. It's one of the, one of the issues that precipitates one, in which case maybe it devolves into a civil war. Let me tell you this. If we don't have food, if people can't get food for their babies and then uh, the city, people in the city are starving. Do you think they go to the rural areas and say, oh, Republican brethren, you were right about everything. Please bestow upon us a meal. Or do you think they say those far right white supremacists are hoarding all the food and we should take it because we're smarter? In which case, if there's no gas, maybe there's, there's not much good fighting. I mean, people aren't going to want to travel. You know, it's like you could drive in an hour what would take you a day to walk. That means a lot. People may be confined to the areas they're in because they won't have the energy to get out of them. But they do have some gas. How far will they make it? How far will they go? Can there really be a World War III if we're too busy fighting over our gasoline and food amongst ourselves? If that happens, China takes over. Just hands down, China takes over. The U.S. has to airlift in baby formula from Europe. It really does feel like we're already in World War III. I don't know if at this stage of hyperpolarization, the U.S. can withstand this degree of, uh, of conflict. Because war will mean rising prices. It will mean a strain on resources. And then you're going to have, look, farms are typically run by conservatives in rural areas. What happens when they're just like, we ain't selling the food to you guys anymore? Now, the one thing that can protect us from civil war would just be the fact that supply chain isn't as simple as, you know, we make food and then we sell it to cities. It's they make food, they sell it to a distribution plant or a processing plant who then has customers and people want to sell where the money is. What happens, though, when the farmers say we need the food for ourselves and our community? What happens when fuel runs out, food production drops, and then they just say, look, we got enough food for our immediate area. What happens when rural folk go to those farms and say, stop wasting fuel, transporting these, this food out? We need the food. Food's everything, man. 
These people who live in big cities ain't going to be able to grow their own food. They're not. And, I, and I've had people say to me, yes, they are. You know, there, there's a lot of urban garden initiatives. Hold on there a minute. Listen. Can some people have gardens in cities? Yes. Can some people grow food on rooftops? They sure can. But what you need to understand is the amount of acreage you need per person is substantial. And a, shitty, uh, and, and a city doesn't have it. They don't. Vertical farms, maybe. Maybe you build large hydroponic vertical farms. Okay, that's possible. You're going to be able to build those fast enough? I doubt it. If the collapse happens, and I mean like economic breakdown, which is literally happening, chain, the global supply chain is in crisis. They're not going to be able to produce enough food in these cities to sustain them. Density is way too intense in New York. Food has to be shipped in. If diesel goes bye-bye, cities go bye-bye. Let me just say it again, okay, so you can understand. For many, for those who don't, and I'm not saying it to be condescending, I'm just saying, let me reiterate to drive the point home. It's a better way to put it. You need fuel for trucks to go into New York to bring the food to these places. If there is no diesel, the first thing that's going to happen is the fuel will be used to actually grow the crops, to drive the machinery. Then once the crops are available, they're not going to make it very far because people are going to say, do I need the fuel for making the food or for sending the food elsewhere? How about this? We restrict how far the food can be shipped. And then we utilize as much fuel we have le- as much fuel as we have left for growing more crops or doing the work we need done. At what point will people have to do physical human labor? At what point will we start strapping it till the back of an ox and having it till the field for us to save fuel? If there's no diesel, don't be surprised. Beasts of burn will, ma- will, will make a big comeback. I can't, I, I don't know. Maybe uh, we, you know, we're tapping into our strategic diesel reserves. Maybe it's not going to be as bad as some would predict. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not a seer. But what I can see right now happening is a food shortage, a formula shortage, the U.S. being forced to airlift baby formula. And I see the communists and the socialists saying insane things like uh, we had Hassan. Sorry, Hassan. This one was just totally off. He said something bad about capitalism because four companies make all the baby formula. It's like, dude, that is not a problem of capitalism. It's a problem of resource. If when light bulbs were invented, one dude was making light bulbs. Do we go? Capitalism is dumb. Only one person's making light bulbs. Baby formula is made by a handful of companies, either because power centralizes, which is not. I I get it. Could be a bad thing. Or it's just because there's not enough people making formula. It has nothing to do with the companies. It has to do with how many factories we have and the resources we have. The real problem is this global trade initiative to send our resources off to China. Then we get into a war and we have nothing. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think we're being set up. We're go- I shouldn't say this on purpose. I think we are setting up for a major conflict in which the U.S. implodes overnight. China will invade Taiwan. 
We will have no means to invade because do we have the fuel for our military vehicles if we don't have the fuel for our food? Food comes first. So if we can't wage a war because of no fuel, then what happens? Now, don't get me wrong. China is going to be in a similar position. But they can very easily invade Taiwan with less energy than we would need to defend it because we are further away. We have military base in the Pacific that I understand. But it's easier because mainland China can focus its resources on taking Taiwan. Mainland U.S. ain't going to be able to reach it. So perhaps it's a good thing. China invades Taiwan. Then uh, we lose access to silicon chips. We aren't making them. We have no fuel. And then the U.S. goes back to a simpler time. Yeah, I worry about people who live in big cities, what they're going to do. The food crisis is coming. Is, is coming. Joe Biden is preparing emergency fuel stockpiles. He's going to drain our diesel reserves. Biden recently asked officials to begin preparing a plan to order a release of fuel from the Northeast Home Heating Oil Reserve, Nahor. Government stockpile of ultra-low sulfur diesel last tapped in 2012 during Hurricane Sandy. The system is definitely under strain, the senior administration official told CNN. We think this looks like the exact circumstance where consideration of the release should be done, and that's what the president has directed. The average price of diesel fuel, which is vital for transportation, construction, and agriculture, skyrocketed to an all-time high of $5.58 a gallon. They say it's a conspiracy theory. They say it's a conspiracy theory that the government is orchestrating this. We are expecting gas prices, not diesel, to hit over $6 by August. In New England, diesel prices have reached $6.43 a gallon on average, exceeded only by prices in California. Joe Biden has taken action, instituted policy, which is causing this. Yeah, they want to blame Vladimir Putin. That's just not true. Putin, of course, the invasion of Ukraine played a role. We're at war. That's really what's happening. For whatever reason, Joe Biden and Democrats decided to enact a bunch of policies to cripple or uh, slow our uh, oil and fuel production, to put regulations and restrictions on it, to cancel oil and gas leases. Now, the oil and gas leases is a combination of issues. Some say that nobody wants to tap oil in in Alaska because it's expensive. Maybe there's not a big enough return, but Nowadays, with the price of gas, perhaps it's time to start drilling holes in Alaska because we need fuel if we're going to survive. We need to be a net energy exporter if we are going to make sure we have enough energy for ourselves. Otherwise, there's no growth. And if we want to defeat China on the world stage, we need growth. So where does that leave us? Joe Biden, one of the worst presidents I think we've ever had. He can't speak straight. He contradicts his own people. And it's just continually, it's continually getting worse. And there's a big issue that I didn't even bring up. Texas National Guard troops and Border Patrol stand firm with officials still expecting a surge in migrants as single males are released into the U.S. even though a judge blocked Biden's bid to end Title 42. All while this is going on, we can expect a surge of illegal immigration straining an already fractured system. While the U.S. government, Democrats mostly, and half the Republicans, send billions of dollars overseas. It's shockingly insane. What can you do? I kind of feel like there's nothing to be done at the federal stage. We're watching this happening, and it seems like an addiction, a a fracturing, and there's no way to stop it. Dominoes being knocked over. 
You can take care of yourself, your friend, and your family. You can get out of cities. You can prepare for the worst case scenario. Food will be more expensive. California is preparing for $10 per gallon gasoline or greater. Gas is, is consistently breaking records. So maybe it all ends now, as I always say, because I can't see the future. I don't want to be fear mongering. I'll say this. Maybe right now is the last video I make saying things are bad. Tomorrow, the, the market turns around. Vladimir Putin says, I'm so sorry. Let's go back home. No more war. China says, we were nuts to think we can go to Taiwan. A big oil spring erupts in the middle of America. And they say, we got more energy than we can deal with. Maybe all of those things happen. I just think that's really unlikely. Seems more likely you are going to be put in a position where you will need to prepare for yourselves and be responsible for yourself. And we have a failed president to thank for it. I know COVID was bad. I don't blame Joe Biden for COVID. There's a lot of problems with COVID, a lot of failed policy around it. I can blame Joe Biden for the mistakes he's made as it, as it pertains to their global you know, climate change crisis and how that's affecting our chances of survival these days. I can blame Biden for his policy. And I can say that under Trump, the economy, the best numbers of our lives. Where was that? It's, I think they don't want it. I think powerful interests did not want people to be consuming more. I, I think when you look at Donald Trump's efforts on the economy, it was the worst possible thing in the world for the climate change activists. People were consuming more than ever. Growth was up. They didn't like it. They want us to curtail. They want us to go down. They want to stop carbon emissions. And there you have it. Bill Gates talks often about reducing population growth. You think they'd be happy with a good economy? A good economy means more babies. Certainly not. So maybe war is coming because either they want it or they don't care if it happens. But I certainly doubt they're going to try and make your life better when all of these powerful elites from venture capital to investment to politicians say too many people and that's a problem. Why would they want you to be able to have more kids? I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Imagine my shock when I awaken, pull up Twitter, and see that civil war is trending in the United States with around 120,000 tweets discussing it. Certainly, something shocking must have happened. How could people possibly believe that civil war in this country is possible? Well, my friends, prepare yourselves. This one may scare you. From The Independent, Trump under fire for sharing posts calling for civil war over U.S. inflation. The tweet from El Salvador's president was shared as a screenshot on the Truth Social site by former Fox Nation host Laura Logan. Okay, so we had, I believe, a tweet from the president of El Salvador saying that the United States couldn't just fall. It would have to be from the inside. I mean, the, the, the catastrophe, the crisis that we're experiencing. And so then MAGA King Thanos truthed, because that's what it's called when you post on Truth Social, civil war. Donald J. Trump then retruthed civil war. And thus, the former president has called for, oh, you see, they put it in quotes, calling for civil war. What would have possessed Donald Trump to have retruthed such a thing? Okay, here's another one. Let's play their game. This is from Business Insider. Trump reshares post on Truth Social that appears to suggest or predict a civil war in America. Ah, you see, Business Insider took the lighter approach. Donald Trump didn't say anything about civil war. And it's funny because these blue check journalists are the ones who are like retweets are not endorsements. So Donald Trump 
wanting you to see something does not predict or call for civil war. But my friends, who wants civil war more than anyone? The fringe of the of the, of the factions, the fringe, the extremes of uh, of our, our tribal factions. Your run of the mill liberal doesn't know anything about this, doesn't care. They don't pay attention. They just vote for things that are burning everything down. Your run of the mill conservative certainly wants things to be solved and for us to move forward. And then you have your more uh, um, extreme elements on the right faction who are like, there's only one way, you know, they're yelling about watering the tree of liberty or something. And then you have people on the left who have been screaming civil war endlessly for the past several years. In fact, they're the ones who started it. I don't mean started the war, started the conversation around it saying it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And they keep saying it's white supremacy and it's because of white Americans and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, sure, whatever. Stephen Marsh, he's a, a more of an establishment perspective, so that puts him in the left sphere of influence, has said that he thinks abortion could be the catalyst and that there is a multicultural democracy and there is a constitutional republic and they're in the same space and they can't coexist. So I think, yes, Civil war is very, very possible. But I want to point out, among those on the right who advocate for this, they have no institutional power. They are a fringe element. For the most part, not everybody, some people genuinely believe the only solution. And you've got more and more moderates on to buy this. But what I mean to say is, on the right, as it tends to be, it is the exception, not the rule. And on the left, it is the rule, not the exception. Which is why you see these far leftists saying, burn it down over and over again for like two decades or longer. What do they say? That they're like, if we don't get it, burn it down. It's one of their chants. So yeah, burn it down. And they quite literally did far and wide across this country in 2020 over George Floyd, as they tend to do. They throw Molotov cocktails. And uh, there's a funny meme. Sorry, I can't remember who posted it. But it was like, if there's one thing that Joe Biden did uh, that was good, is that he's made gas so expensive that the leftists can't afford to make Molotov cocktails anymore. So haha. Donald Trump, Posting about civil war is so far behind the curve, it's, it's laughable. But let's read the assessment from oh so many on the left. And then I want to tell you, where could Donald Trump have gotten such an idea? Let me just say, I do think that civil war is entirely possible. I believe we're probably already in it. But uh, you need to understand how we define, uh, we, we need to have a conversation about how we define civil war. So there was this whole period of strife before the American Civil War. And, and we're probably more in that. What I should say is, I feel like the dominoes have been knocked over and civil war is down the line and we can see it and the dominoes are going to hit it soon. With the, the two different worldviews, governmental factions, multicultural democracy, constitutional republic, clearly one will, uh, they can't coexist. The constitutional republic is this country and the multicultural democracy is the culture revolution. If you oppose it, you are on the right. If you are in favor of it, you are on the left, at least if you are if you are using left and right as uh, as to how we viewed the French Revolution. If you're talking about, uh, you know, Democrat, Republican or economic policy, none of it makes sense. Donald Trump's civil war post sparks backlash beyond dangerous. Oh, everybody's so angry. And he didn't do anything. He just retweeted, retweeted, uh, retruth. Sorry, someone else saying it. So where do these ideas come from? Well, here's our good friend Jim Acosta saying, I spoke with uh, G.T. Conway, George Conway. social media post by Trump on Let's a listen. so-called truth uh, platform, which is, you know, very Orwellian. 
Uh, but what Trump was, uh, I guess, re-truthing, I suppose, is what they call it, appears to suggest some sort of call for civil war in this country. Uh, you know, this is somebody that, I, you know, I guess, Elon Musk wants back on Twitter. It's kind of, a, it's just sort of astounding to me. I'm just going to pause right there. This is why I think there's going to be a civil war, okay? Jim Acosta did not give you the real context, a real understanding around what Donald Trump did. He says, appears to, what do you say, call for civil war? Let's try that again. It was, uh, I guess, re-truthing, I suppose, is what they call it. Appears to suggest some sort of call for civil war in this Suggest some sort of call for civil war. In this country. In this country. No, it's just someone saying civil war. They could be arguing, uh, MAGA King Thanos, could be arguing, based on the tweet from El Salvador, that there's a conflict from within that we are in a civil war, that it's already started. It's not, it's not a moral statement. It is, not a, it is not a fact statement. It's literally just two words. We don't know what Donald Trump's intent was from it. He just wanted you to see it. That's the only thing that we can get from this. But when Jim Acosta comes out and says, suggesting a call for civil war, that's them flogging you over the head saying, fight, do it. Yeah, that's why it's going to happen. And they, uh, these, these lunatics on Twitter, they're like, Tim Pool wants a civil war because he talked about it. No, I don't want a civil war. I've seen civil conflict and unrest. And rest assured, you do not want to experience it, especially those who live in cities and suburbs, which is like half the country. Mm, you will regret it. Mark my words. I mean, there are some people that just don't care anymore. Fine. But I tell you, all of these Democrat personalities who have been getting violent and pushing the boundaries and, and burning buildings down. They are going to cry themselves to sleep if anything like this really happens. And all the people who live out in the middle of nowhere, I got two things to say to you. Uh, you're probably going to be fine. The people who live in the middle of nowhere already know, for the most part, how to live in the middle of nowhere, which is most of everywhere. Like most places in the planet have no urban uh, luxuries. So let's just break it down real quick. As the left continually says they're calling for it, they're calling for it. What this does is it riles up their base. This is CNN. I know they don't have a lot of viewers, but it riles them up, gets them really angry. And then they'll be like, it's them. It's the white supremacists, blah, 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 blah. As for those who live in the rural areas, I'm sure you already know about the local edible plants because I've only lived out here for a year and I've already discovered tons of, uh, of the edible plants that are uh, outside. In fact, apparently like 90% of the leaves in this area, you can just eat. I wouldn't want to, but I was reading, I'm, I'm watching the deer eat leaves. And then I look it up and it's like, you can eat them all. I mean, it's not fun, but you won't die. So make sure you know what you're doing before you go out and eat random stuff. But we have uh, wineberry season. We have pawpaw. And there is so much insane amount of pawpaw. It's crazy. We have wild turkeys. I just took a video. Bunch of turkeys in my yard trespassing. These turkeys, they're everywhere. I will say... It would be funny if like the apocalypse happens and the supply chain just stops immediately. And then within like a couple of weeks, there's no food anywhere. Every single person in these rural areas will go out and kill every single deer. And then it would just like, I think the deer population would go, go, would go extinct immediately in these areas. Because people are hungry and people would rather, look, if you have the option, die uh, uh, or deer go extinct, people are going to be like, I would prefer to live. So it'll be really interesting to see how quickly... Rural humans decimate their local areas. Now, that being said, there is something else. In, in, in more dense rural areas, like just outside of suburbs, I think you might see people just go out and just kill the deer and eat. I do think in the more rural areas, though, 
where people have large swaths of land, like 50 acres and such, you're going to see communities form and they're going to they're going to be a bit better at this. The farms, they're going to be they're They're probably already armed up and they're going to defend their food and you're going to want the food from them. And I'll tell you this in the land with no food, the farmer is king. So if these cities, if a supply chain really breaks down, the cities can say and do whatever they want. But you're going to have to come out to farm territory and you're going to have to beg for food. And some might, I mean, that's where civil war might kick in. People being like, I have nothing to give, but I do have the ability to fight. You're also going to have tons of people in cities. You know, the joke we made is that one day I'm going to wake up and there's going to be some dude in a flannel shirt with a handlebar mustache stealing one of my chickens, screaming and crying. And we're going to run out and we're going to capture him. And he's going to be like, I'm just so hungry. And it's like, that's right. A New York hipster. Uh, they're a big problem in these parts. They don't know how to survive, so they just steal your stuff. Look, I'm, I, I'm not going to act like if everything broke down, I know everything to do to survive. I don't. Not at all. And that's the funny thing. I know more than most people in these cities. So if it really does break down, they're the ones in the cities who are really going are, are to feel the heat. Let's take a look at how the news is handling this. So you just do a Google search for Second Civil War. What do we get? First, there's a Wikipedia entry called the Second American Civil War. That's the first thing that comes up. Then you got, is the U.S. really heading for Second Civil War? The Second Civil War is already happening. I love this one. January 10th. Is it really happening? And then May 11th. It's happening. That's amazing. Uh, NPR, imagine another civil war, but this time in every state. Three states where the civil civil war could start by Business Insider. How likely is another civil war? The New York Times. Are we really facing a second civil war? New York Times. Historians answer, are we really headed for another civil war? And the New Republic, we are living in the age of civil war. And that's just the first page. I love this one from, uh, let me see, this is Robert Reich or whatever his name is. The second civil war, the second American civil war is already happening. Heavens. Where could Donald Trump have gotten such an idea? It is so irresponsible for Donald Trump to just repost two words. Meanwhile, every single influential leftist has been screaming it. I think it's hilarious that I read mainstream press in 2018. It's like a civil war is coming. And then I go, whoa, did you guys see this? They're saying a civil war is coming. And they're like, Tim Pool's calling for civil war. I'm like, dude. When you write over and over again in your mainstream corporate publications that that's, that's happening, and then I read those things and, and, and rather uh, tepidly repeat your opinions back at you, that is not me calling for civil war. But this is the point. The point is they say something, we say, really? And they go, oh, that was you. That was you. Donald Trump and uh, various medications. The media reports various medications undergoing testing. Donald Trump says, did you see this thing that they're talking about, this uh, new uh, medication? And then they're like, uh, in the press, Donald Trump is pushing dangerous drug misinformation. And it's like he was repeating exactly what you said. And this is where we are. I'll tell you why I think it's inevitable. Take a look at this uh, from Defiant L's, excellent Instagram and Twitter account. Tara Dublin says, there's plenty of baby formula, you dumb MAGA sheeple, tweeting another dumb Russian propaganda trend. May 10th. Then, wait, what? Instead of complaining and blaming someone else for the baby formula shortage and doing nothing, my president took care of it, and he made things better for people instead of worse? Imagine that, MSM. Let Joe work. Seven days later. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is why. These people are genuinely unwell. That's it. I, I'm not convinced there is a sentient mind behind these tweets. Now, I would just say they're a bot, but they're verified. Maybe they're not a bot. Maybe they're an NPC. Here's how I would uh, state this. Um, there's been a baby formula shortage simply because it's been reported. We've seen photos of it. I know I kind of just tend to trust mainstream corporate press when I can verify these things or when it when there's a tendency, when it, when it seems plausible to the very to a certain degree, I tend to accept what the mainstream press actually says. I do double check and verify multiple sources. Then this woman acting like it's not happening comes out and says it is happening. This is it. Look at the cognitive dissonance. This is a woman who is a key component in a civil war. She's never wrong. You're always wrong. When she is wrong, she's just not wrong anymore. It was Russian propaganda, but now it's the president doing the right thing. This means that no matter what happens, this zealot will absolutely stay on one side no matter what is true. When you have this level of psychosis and zealotry, that's when you get true chaos. Now, uh, where could have Donald Trump gotten this idea about civil war? Let's let's continue. From IndieWire.com, Star Trek Strange New World, 23rd century comments on the 21st century and our second civil war. Oh, so it's in popular media as well. I'm not convinced that Donald Trump watches Star Trek, but um, perhaps perhaps. Uh, so of course, I mentioned Robert Reich. Uh, what's here? Opinion, Roe v. Wade. The Supreme Court's coming abortion ruling may spark a new era of U.S. unrest. There's a strong risk the court case sparks anger and violence. Stephen Marsh has written the book, The Next Civil War, and he says we're already in civil strife because people are dying over political issues. Interesting. So as I'm recording this, it is before 10 a.m. Eastern time. And there has been some speculation that Roe v. Wade could officially be overturned and Casey, Roe and Casey, at 10 a.m. this morning. So um, by the time I publish this and you're watching it, that news may have already broken. Now, I don't know for sure, but we're awaiting that ruling. There was another ruling. They do it rulings on Monday, I guess. Everybody's been saying, oh, man, it's going to hit. It's going to hit. And then, I mean, everybody knows it's, it's, it's going to happen. But I wonder, I wonder, I really do. I wonder if the leak of the uh, information on Roe v. Wade was intentional, not because it would force them to uphold or uh, reject Roe Ro and Casey. I wonder if the leak was simply to prevent a shock to the system. By leaking the information and saying it's not definitive, a lot of people get really angry, but the average person is like, but it's not, it's not done. It, like it didn't happen. Now everyone gets used to it being norm. So when the ruling comes out, it's a less, less of a shock to the system. I wonder if that was the intention, that it was not overtly political, that it was a national security thing. Entirely possible, but again, I don't know. My friends, I bring you to, why would anyone, including Tim Pool, talk about a civil war? Okay. Wikipedia has an entry called Second American Civil War. Claims of a cold civil war 2022 present. I mean, you just have... I'm not going to read this. It's just, there's so much here. So much concern over 2022 midterms and 2024 as starters of civil war, remarks about it from government officials, among Democrats, among Republicans, public perception, research regarding. There's a whole section 
Then there's criticism of, of it saying misuse. There is a, and I'm sorry, there's not a whole section. There's like six sections. Actually, let me just read. There's, let's see, we got, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine sections, sorry, much more than six, discussing civil war. Now, I love this. There have been no public calls for civil war from any other political party, though some have expressed concern that increased polarization will lead to civil war, which is my position. Jamie Raskin, a member of the select committee, January 6th, classified as an inside coup organized by Trump that could have triggered a, triggered a civil war. Yes. And do you know what else can trigger a civil war? Locking these people up for over a year in solitary confinement. They don't get it. It takes two to tango, baby. It doesn't matter if a Republican says they want it or don't want it, which I think is bad. I think it's bad if they say they do want it. The idea that the federal government could lock up people who are angry over this and it would not exacerbate the problem. And that goes the exact same for the left. Now, here's the difference. When the January 20th protesters in 2017 set fire to vehicles, ransacked the streets of D.C., and I personally witnessed it, mind you, and they arrested everybody, not only were the charges overwhelmingly dismissed, the city paid them a settlement, gave them money. January 6th, which is a comparable event, albeit at the Capitol, so substantially worse in many ways. I mean comparable in theme, but worse in, in, in targeting. These people are locked up in solitary for over a year. Now, you may say, but Tim, obviously it was worse to storm the Capitol. Well, of course, of course it was worse. My point is that when the left is released during their ransacking and the right is not, it doesn't matter what you think is better or worse. What matters is the factions view it as to the left, they're like, why aren't these people getting life in prison? And to the right, they're saying, how come those people weren't getting life in prison? More importantly, the Gravel Institute praised the actions of January 6th, but condemned the actors, quite literally saying it was a good tactic, which is insane, but it was the wrong people. So you see where this is all going. Government officials talking about second civil war, prepare for war, blah, blah, blah. Donald Trump's talking about it. We have more articles. Are we on the eve of another civil war? Well, as Betridge's laws of headline states, the answer would be no. But I think the issue here is that it's not as clear cut of a no. GOP primary turnout suggests red wave in November midterms. 60%, I believe it is 60.9% of turnout in all 10 states that have held primary so far this year, were Republican. Perhaps it will not be a civil war because the right is winning. The left wants to create the perception of normalcy. The left wants to create the perception that they are, with their wacky views, mainstream America. They're not. So I'm a conversation over dinner, and there's an interesting point that, uh, you know, men watch uh, sporting events. They watch goal-oriented things. Women watch shows to see what the uh, social norms are. Men, when they go to a lunch meeting or, or, or grab lunch together, it's to discuss something specific, to catch up on certain things. So it's like, and it's not absolute. Obviously, some women do this and some, some men don't. But the idea is that two guys will be like, you want to grab lunch? And they'll be talking about a project or a product. Women will have a conversation over lunch to figure out what is socially acceptable and normal and find out where that position is. I'm not saying that's definitively true. I'm saying that's the perception among a lot of people. So when you look at where we currently are with the left going nuts, these people on Twitter are only entertaining what they think is socially acceptable. 
That's why they're losing their minds. I believe that that spiraling may actually destroy them and they could implode. If there's one thing that can contribute to prevention of a civil war, it's the fact that the right tends to be more masculine and more goal oriented. The left tends to be more emotional and less goal oriented, less meritocratic. The right is absolutely meritocratic, in which case they may just spiral out and implode because eventually what they do does not make sense and does not align with regular people. And regular people then go out and vote to the tune of 61 percent for the Republicans. So we shall see. A lot can change from now until November. And if Roe v. Wade is overturned the next few minutes, a lot of people are going to lose their minds. But I believe if they do lose their minds and they riot, it will just inflame the GOP. More people will be like, I don't want this. I'd rather have stability. Again, we'll see. As for Donald Trump, well, he can retruth all he wants. These people have lost their minds. Next story is coming up at 1 p.m. Next segment, uh, 1 p.m. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. We now have two countries either mandating or requesting isolation or quarantine over monkeypox. At the beginning of the year, I said that I thought we may actually see more lockdowns. So this is over COVID because we have a midterm coming up. And the Democrats have nothing real to offer. Luke Rudkowski of We Are Changed disagreed. He said he didn't think so. He thought it was over. That they could not possibly try to push this through because it would only generate more hatred towards them. Now, I don't know what exactly will happen, but I do think there's a possibility that we see lockdowns here in the United States because, well, it's happening around the world. Belgium and Spain and the UK, and we have had monkeypox cases in the US. It is entirely possible, at the very least, Democrats or government officials of either party, establishment as you will, will try to use the fear of monkeypox to assert some kind of authoritarian pressure. Right? What I mean to say is, I think they'll use this somehow. Here's what I think. We're going to hear that we don't need to lock down We don't need to quarantine, but we do need to take simple precautions like expanded mail-in voting. Or perhaps, maybe, you can vote at home and someone can take your ballot for you to the voting location. That way, we minimize the spread. Contact tracing, right? We want to know who might be exposed to who. So maybe the best thing we can do is actually maybe, I don't know, voting in the park, right? We'll set up a bunch of booths in the park and anybody can just come and drop off ballots for whoever they want. And, uh, and, and we'll send out a ballot to everyone again, just to be safe. Otherwise, we might have to lock you down. I mean, just think, if we have this midterm election and people go into the voting centers and they're all congregating and monkeypox spreads, well, we're going to have to lock you in your home again. What's that? Mail-in voting sounds a whole lot better. Okay, we can do mail-in voting. Perhaps that's what's going to happen. I'm not a psychic. I don't know. Just a thought. We'll see what happens. We have Belgium becoming the first country to introduce mandatory monkeypox quarantine as global cases rise. We have in the UK the recommendation that anyone who's at risk will ice should isolate for 21 days. Yeah, everybody should be concerned about monkeypox, Biden warns. Biden warns. So they're already starting to ramp up fear of monkeypox. Again, I think... Any logical uh, um, opportunity, any opportunity for Democrats or establishment politicians in this regard would be to further weaken election integrity. Here's the story from CNBC. Belgium has become the first country to introduce a mandatory 21 day quarantine for monkeypox patients as cases of the disease typically endemic to Africa spread across the globe. 
Health authorities in Belgium introduced the measures Friday after the country reported its third case of the virus. As of Monday, the country has recorded four local cases confirmed global infections currently number around 100. Belgium's compulsory measures apply only to patients with a confirmed infection. Close contacts are not required to self-isolate, but are encouraged to remain vigilant, especially if in contact with vulnerable people. Quote, infected persons will have to go into contact isolation until the injuries have healed. They will receive concrete instructions about this from, treat- from the treating doctor, a translated version of the government announcement said. The UK, meanwhile, has said those who have a high risk of catching the disease should self-isolate for 21 days. That includes household contacts or medical professionals who have had come into contact with an infected patient. They say, what is monkeypox? Monkeypox is a rare disease caused by the monkeypox virus. Part of the smallpox family with symptoms like rashes, fever, headaches, muscle aches, swelling, and back pain. Though typically less severe than smallpox, health health experts are growing concerned about the genesis of a recent outbreak. Starting in early May, actually, I believe it was the end of April, in countries beyond Central and West Africa, health authorities, including the US CDC and the UK, UK's Health Security Agency, have said they note, have noted a particular concentration of cases among men who have sex with men and urged gay and bisexual men in particular to be aware of any unusual rashes or lesions. As of Saturday, the World Health Organization reported there were 92 cases in 12 countries and a further 28 suspected cases under investigation. The US, UK, Canada, Australia, Germany, France, Italy, Spain, Sweden, Belgium, Portugal, and the Netherlands have all confirmed cases. The public health body has said recent reports, cases, uh, recent reported cases had no links to travel from endemic African countries, which is unusual for the disease. Hmm, interesting. It usually spreads via human-to-human or human-to-animal contact. Epidemiological investigations are ongoing. However, reported cases thus far have no established travel links to endemic areas. Based on current available information, cases have mainly but not exclusively been identified among sex who have sex with men. MSM. MSM. Really? Is that what they call it? Men, sex, men. Like mainstream media? Sure. Seeking primary care and uh, sexual health clinics, it added. The recent surge in community cases, particularly within urban areas, is now raising concerns of a wider outbreak. To have it appear now, more than 100 cases in 12 different countries with no obvious connection means we have to figure out exactly what's happening, Seth Berkeley, CEO of Global Vaccine Alliance, Gavi, told CNBC Monday. And of course, as they noted, the UK Health Security Agency is advising anyone at risk of catching the virus to isolate for 21 days. That's a whole lot of people. So let me just iterate to all of you that lockdowns are happening already. Belgium is doing a lockdown. The UK is offering up a voluntary lockdown. Let me show you the, uh, I'm sorry, the 2022 outbreak cases per country. Argentina has one suspected case. Now that's that's kind of weird because Argentina is very far away from, from Europe, but we have two confirmed cases in Australia. How do we have monkeypox everywhere in the world popping up all at the same time? Don't know. Belgium has four, Canada has five, but 21 suspected cases. Denmark, France, Germany, Israel, Italy, Netherlands, Portugal, and Spain. Portugal with 37, Spain with 35, Sweden one, Switzerland with one, UK with 21, and the United States with one confirmed case and two suspected cases. Between, uh, uh, total potential cases are 209 with 124 confirmed cases. Now, perhaps it's nothing. 
perhaps this is not a story because um, it looks like all of these countries now have confirmed cases. I'm willing to bet Argentina will confirm shortly. It's 124 people. I mean, is this really a big deal? Well, let's go back in time. In 2023, there was a monkeypox outbreak, I believe, in the North Midwest area. 71 cases. We now already have 21 cases in many different countries. In fact, we've got, what's good? We got 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 countries. Is that really where we're at? We're at 18 countries? Yeah. So, will the U.S. issue a lockdown? I don't know if they can do it, but I want to bring you to what Joe Biden himself has warned. And I want to tell you, tell you all, uh, for those that aren't familiar with the Rat Hope Experiment, I know you guys probably heard me talk about it before. I always stress this. Not, every, not everyone watches every single video or listens to every single podcast. So for context, some people might not understand. For those that do, bear with me as I explain. A guy takes a bunch of rats. He gets these cylinders full of water. He puts the rats in them. The rats swim for 15 minutes and can't escape and then just give up and die. He tries new rats. He puts them in the cylinders. They swim for 15 minutes, give up, but wait. Now he catches them, takes them out, lets them rest, dries them off, and puts them right back in. The second time around, the rats swim for 60 hours on average because they believed that there was a way out and that if they just tried hard enough, they would be lifted from their doom and saved. Of course, they weren't. He let them die. And they just suffered a whole lot more. Now, I'm not saying we are currently under some kind of experiment. I'm just saying, if this is the path being taken by the elites, what's going to happen is the first time around we get a lockdown, everyone screams and loses their minds. They riot, they smash, they go nuts. Then you get a break. They take you out. They give you hope. You say, oh, hope. Then they bring you back. Then they bring back the lockdowns. This time it's worse. In all of these articles about monkeypox, there are horrifying photos of lesions and postules and blisters popping on people's skin. It's disgusting. And I'm not going to show it. But it's really fascinating that when you get COVID, it's like it's a respiratory virus and it's not, a, it's not the apocalypse, but you know, we got to take precautions. Everyone says, okay, we better lock down. Now we have a more serious disease, albeit not, not apocalyptic again. The, I believe it's Nigerian variant of the monkeypox virus has a 10% mortality rate. The West African clade, as it's called, meaning variant, has a less than 1% uh, mortality rate, case fatality rate. But it does leave you riddled with pustules and blisters. And that, that's enough to freak people out because uh, I, I, I wouldn't want one. So when I look at monkeypox, look, I don't want monkeypox. I'm going to take precautions. What you need to understand about the monkeypox vaccine as well, because already this, this is the weird thing to me, guys. There's already people who are like, I ain't taking no monkeypox vaccine. You know, there's a meme going around saying, I'm just going to say in advance, I am anti-monkeypox jab. Okay, hold on there a minute, guys. I personally oppose vaccine mandates. I think maybe in some limited circumstances, there's probably an argument because I don't, I don't know if there's an absolute policy position for everything. But I think forcing people to vaccinate, I'm not a fan. No, don't like it. Now, when it comes to the COVID vaccine, I can understand why people are like, yo, this is an mRNA vaccine. One of the first of its kind, I believe, ever administered. It was Operation Warp Speed to get it out. But the monkeypox vaccine was FDA approved three years ago. Like, it's already been approved a while ago and has gone through all the standard testing. And 
The monkeypox vaccine the U.S. has ordered is an attenuated virus vaccine. That means it's an old school, normal vaccine. They have a weakened version of the virus. They give it to you. Your body destroys it. You get immunity to the to to monkeypox. It is not mRNA where, you know, it makes your body produce spike proteins and attacks the spike. That's different. No, this one, it's a traditional attenuated virus vaccine. So if you've already gotten a whole bunch of regular vaccines, this ain't nothing different. So for me, I'm kind of like, <clears throat> look, I know everyone's like, Q, we're just waiting for Tim to say the monkeypox vaccine is going to be safe and effective and blah, blah, blah. Dude, I saw a story and it was like 16 hospitalizations from Brooklyn Marathon. And everyone's like, whoa, something's not right. And it was like 15 people scraped their knees and one person had a heart problem. And everyone's, everyone's assuming 16 people collapsed. And it's like, you got to do two things to understand these stories. One, what were they hospitalized for? Okay, then we find out some people tripped. Some people, you know, crashed into somebody else or something. And you're like, oh, that's just normal. The second thing you need to do is, even if these were heart attacks and you're dealing with a marathon, what were the numbers last year, the year before, and the year before that? Are the numbers comparable? So people are constantly just, I don't know why, man. It's really annoying. We dealt with this at TimCast.com with, with a writer who wrote some ridiculous nonsense. And I'm like, people just want to hate the vaccine. And I don't get it. Donald Trump's the one who sped it through. Don't get me wrong. I think the mandates are bad. I have issues myself with rushed through, you know, vaccines. And I personally would prefer longer term studies. It's up to you. Make your own decisions. That's why I oppose the mandates. But this, this, this idea, this, this fervent, no matter what, you have to hate the vaccines for COVID. I'm just like, yo, man, I don't get it. It's just, it's, it's too zealous. It's too zealous for me. So when I'm looking up the vaccines being sent out for monkeypox, and it's like three years ago, they, it's like basically a smallpox vaccine, which we've had for a, like a hundred years. And it's an attenuated virus vaccine, meaning again, weakened version of the virus, not mRNA. And people are already like, I won't take it. I'm like, dude, now you're just getting tribalist on me. Okay. To come out and be like, I, if you're saying you oppose mandates, okay. Okay. I hear you there. See, it's the mandates that make me want to be like, I ain't taking that. You can't force me because like you give in to these mandates. And I just, even if I were, you know, if, if monkeypox does become something, you know, much more problematic, pr- problematic, I personally have no issue with an attenuated uh, uh, virus vaccine and, and I got it. I still would not get a card. I would not issue, you know, uh, play this game to any mandates. I will not do events at venues that require mandates. I'm not going to have anything to do with that authoritarianism. But this is what you need to understand. While many are already saying, I won't fall for it, I won't play to it, fine. I agree. Biden is already warning about it. The New York Times says President Biden raised the alarm on Sunday about monkeypox, a viral infection fast spreading around the world, and warned the disease, which can be spread as easily as, as through handling a contaminated object, is something that everyone should be concerned about. Monkeypox, rarely seen out of blah, 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 blah. Okay, we get it. Quote, they haven't told me the level of exposure yet, but it is something that everyone should be concerned about, Mr. Biden said at Osan Air Base in South Korea, where he met with American troops before flying to Japan during his first official visit to Asia as president. We're working on it hard to figure out what we do and what vaccine may be available, he added. But it is a concern in the sense that if it were to spread, it would be consequential. You just got to understand about 1% mortality. And this is true for COVID. COVID. 
if if you get a million people and you have, you know, what, a a one percent chance of death, you're talking about 10,000. Is, is that 10,000 people? Right. That's a lot of people that die. You know, I understand we can't control nature or anything like that, but we can do our best. I oppose the lockdowns. I don't think they should lock down. I honestly don't know if they would. I think we need to be wary of the authoritarianism and what this would do to our economy if we were to do it again. But I will say, referencing that hope experiment, if they do lock down again, people will, will accept it. They'll just be like, oh, yeah, I remember this. And they'll go for what? If we're looking at 15 minutes being converted into 60 hours in the rat hope experiment, two years could turn into more than 100. I mean, that's crazy. 15 minutes. So we're talking about what, 200 and we're talking about, wow, with, with 60 hours, 2,400. Is that 2,400 minutes? Am I getting my math wrong? So let's do that, that multiplication. We're talking about like 1,000 fold or you know 200 fold. So we're looking at several hundred years. People will be willing to lock down over this. I wouldn't be surprised. The, the Davos group, the World Economic Forum, powerful politicians and elites have all insinuated in some degree that we need to reduce consumption, reduce our, uh, you know, our carbon footprint, all that stuff, or outright saying, you will owe nothing and you will be happy. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Why wouldn't they pursue that? Dr. Ashish Jha, the White House COVID 19 res response coordinator, said later on Sunday that the U.S. had the resources, including the smallpox vaccines, to keep the virus at bay. Quote, I am confident we're going to be able to keep our arms around it. We're going to track it very closely, closely and use the tools we have to make sure that we continue to prevent further spread and take care of people who get infected. Two smallpox vaccines are approved for use in the U.S., and they are generally effective at preventing monkeypox. One is specifically approved for that purpose. The United States has stockpiles of millions of doses for use in a possible outbreak. Most of the cases outside Africa have been found in Britain, Spain, and Portugal. On Sunday, Austria reported its first case. The case reported last week in Boston was the first in the U.S. in nearly two decades. The man who got ill had recently traveled to Canada, which had has had two cases this year. The U.S. saw a monkeypox outbreak in 03. We get it. The virus has spread can spread via bodily fluids, contaminated objects and skin contact or through respiratory droplets, ooh, droplets expelled by an infected person. I mean, the interesting thing is they've mentioned that the majority of people who have gotten this are people who have are, are men who hook up with dudes, with other men. I wonder how many people just got outed. Right. You're, you're like a dude. You're like, I'm going to Canada for vacation. You come back and you're like, you know, you tell everybody you have monkey pox. They're going to be like, are you are you are you hooking up with dudes? Because that's what they're reporting. And then imagine if you're not and like you got it because someone, you know, spit on something, you touched it. And you're like, I swear I didn't. No one believes, you know, New York City health officials, health authorities said on Friday they had tested two patients who were under investigation for possible monkey pox. They say it starts with a rash with flat red marks that become raised and and filled with pus. Infected people will also have a fever and body aches. Symptoms typically appear in 6 to 13 days, but can take as long as three weeks. 
that can last two to four weeks with severe cases occurring more commonly among children, according to the World Health Organization. What do you think? What will you do in the event of another lockdown? Let's go back to the beginning and elaborate on uh, what may come. We are now just about five and a half months from the midterms. There is a great advantage Democrats have with mail-in voting. There's a great advantage Democrats have with ballot harvesting. Ballot harvesting is illegal in many places, not everywhere. Mail-in voting. Here's the issue. Simply put, Democrats can more effectively canvas homes than Republicans can because Republicans tend to be in rural areas and there's lower population density. A single building in New York could have 200 voters in it. Two people can go inside and knock on a door. Door opens, they say, see that mail-in ballot? Fill it out, send it in. I'll wait. They then walk 10 feet, knock on the next door. See that mail-in ballot? Fill it out, send it in. I can wait. They could hit everyone in that building in a couple hours. Now go out to the middle of nowhere. Drive your car, stop, park, get out, knock on the door. See that mail-in ballot? Thank you. Go back to your car, turn it on, drive, or you're going door to door. Takes you about 20 to 30 seconds to get to each door, depending on how far you are in the countryside. Maybe you're out in the deep country. And houses are actually more like two or three blocks away. Get in your car and drive, knock. That means Democrats will be able to do more effective canvassing and outreach because of urban, den- uh, you know, urban density. You then just have, you, with ballot harvesting, the same issue. But now people can say, you're going to fill it out? No, I'll take it for you. You go on to the middle of nowhere and it's much, much more difficult to reach the same amount of people. This gives Democrats a massive advantage when it comes to mail-in voting. And that's why the Pennsylvania Republican Party was so dumb to concede that. They, were, they, they wanted to get rid of this thing where you could just check off Democrat and it would vote all Democrat. I'm like, that's pointless. In exchange, they gave Democrats unconstitutional universal mail-in voting and a court ruled as such. So how do you implement these policies? Well, we already have universal mail-in voting in many states because of COVID and they're not going to get rid of it. But what about ballot harvesting? Now they're going to say, look, if we have everyone going to the post office, the mailbox or the voting booth, people are going to get monkeypox. How about we allow people who want to, to take the ballots for other people? Easy enough, right? There you go. Now the uh, chain of control is gone. Chain of custody. It's gone. Some random person walks up with a box of ballots and says, it was safer for me, an individual, than for all these people. Now, maybe that, that one wouldn't work out in the long run because they'll say you still had contact with all these people, but it's better than all the people individually going to the a voting booth, right? See, that's the argument they could make. I'm not saying they will. I don't know exactly what their play will be, but already we are seeing something akin to COVID start to emerge. Please pay attention. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.